to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. Welcome everybody. This is Man Up. Man Up podcast number one forty one. Hard to believe. Hard to believe because it's not. It's one forty two, and we're glad you're here. Where is here? Here is Sugarland Baptist Church, Sugarland, Texas. So if you grab a globe, spin it around, bang, bang. We have all of our podcasts archived on SoundCloud. If you want to get a hold of us, we have Man Dash Up on Facebook, and we also have a website which is at man-upspiritualoasis.com. Go ahead and post your comments. You know, And I found out because we've getting a bunch of comments off of SoundCloud that you can get them off of there too. So, <clears throat> so glad that you've gotten a hold of us. And what we do here is we basically go through a ABF, Adult Bible Fellowship, or Sunday School lesson, put a man spin on it, and go ahead and talk about it with this panel discussion. It's it's been a great night for us, and we'll go ahead and uh, we're gonna we're gonna clue you in as we go a little bit farther here. And just want to let you know we are finishing up Colossians, and what we go through is basically through different texts, and we've been going through. This is a Baptist Way Press Connect three hundred and sixty. The title of it has been The Fullness of Christ, and it's the study of Colossians. And I just want to let you know that we are unlike any other kind of podcast or show out there. vast majority of them will put a teaser out there. We'll make you listen to the end just to hear that little trivia piece of information at the end. Not us. We understand that men are busy and each of you are committed. And yet we applaud you for being on a faith journey as you're either leading your family or as in your you're in the workplace or if you feel like you're in this toxic environment that you can't actually talk about your faith but you join us weekly and weekly we get into this deep long discussion so we're kind of like the the people that are on this faith journey with you we applaud you for that and we're so glad that you joined us what's different about us is we have this diverse panel. I'll not only introduce them by name, but also what they do, but also some of their interests. So you might identify with one of these guys a little bit more than the other. So want to make sure that you know that. We also go through and we do a summary first because we understand not every lesson of the whole 141 we've already done, and we're on number 142, would speak to you. So go through that we do have a basically a basic overview first and then as we go around deeper we'll read the scripture and we'll peel it back like an onion and go in deeper and also put a man spin on it so and with that i'm going to go ahead at this point in time and i'm going to introduce the panel that we have here He is a world-class policy writer, also a bit of a professional gambler. Mr. Steve Titch is here. 
And we also have, you can't do anything without an attorney. And we have one, and he's awesome. Because he's not only an attorney, he's also a prosecutor. So he can defend you or throw the book at you. We call him the judge. Mr. Michael Cropper is here. Hi, everyone. And we have a world-class trainer for a fortune, not 500, because those are wussy companies. He's a fortune 100 company trainer. We call him the professor. It's Robert Koshu. He's here as well. And back with a note from his wife because he was absent a couple of weeks before. He is a, he's an insurance guy, kind of a, kind of like a, a risk person, but he's also the class deacon. We call him Mr. Pink, and he's wearing pink. Kyle Trahan is here. And my name is Bill Cox, and I am the host. I'm basically a contractor, a uh, bit of a writer and actor, but I'm also the director of Man Up. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and uh, start with uh, Professor Koshu. Yeah, so it is an interesting night. Um, tonight is, if you're listening to this later on, today is February the 26th, 2020, and it is Ash Wednesday. And so we just celebrated Ash Wednesday with our church. Um, uh, not typically a Baptist thing. We, uh, we are not We are not a typical Baptist church. Um, we don't believe you throw baby out with the bathwater. Um, there is a lot of symbolism and motivation that can take place by using symbols to remember our story of our faith and ash wednesday is one of those things that we can use to remember the story of our faith and you know we talked a little bit about the past couple of years at our church we've had several people who weren't old that all of us knew that passed away and i've kind of joked at one or two of the funerals joked in a not joking sense, yeah. Um, that this mortality thing is real, <laughs> you know. And Ash Wednesday is just a way to remember that mortality and that we're there now. Beyond that, um, looking forward to tonight's lesson. It's kind of a callback for us, um, kind of talking about the mighty men, maybe, or six battles every man must win. Fight for your friends. As we talk about it, so oh, be nice kind of a call spin, back. nice, yeah, so okay, it'd be, it'd be a little different for us, Mr. Steve Titch. Well, yeah, it, it did remind me of David's Mighty Men, which we did um, some time ago, uh, where he kind of the, the role of honor is given, and here in this final chapter of Colossians, Paul gives shout outs. The best way to put it, he shouts out to uh, several friends and associates and. Uh, people who have dedicated their lives essentially to help him plant churches and uh, do his missionary journeys, some of some of whom he's going to send back to Colossae uh, with the letter, and others are there in Rome. One, one is actually kind of, I guess, under house arrest like he is. Uh, so... Uh, and by extension, I mean there are there are some there's there's there mostly men here. There is a woman who gets a shout out, and maybe later on we can talk about uh, Paul and his whole view of women, uh, which is always a matter of contention. Oh, excellent, uh, Deacon Kyle. 
Yeah, it's interesting they throw in the Mighty Men and the Six Battles, because I did not get that in their absolute slightest (laughs) way. You know, but I mean, it it just goes to show the difference. You know, know, here's two guys that kind of picked up on that same kind of vibe, and I didn't get it all, in that realm anyway. Um, You know, the shout-out, very interesting concept. You know, to me, Paul has so much in there where he says greetings to this and hide from this person and buy from that person and all of that that I get lost in a lot of that you know so that's why it's uh, really interesting to get all the different perspectives in people's process uh, well we're going to go get a history lesson uh, in this because Michael Cropper he's got his laptop out I just happen to have my computer here, folks. And believe it or not, this is the one time I wasn't going to go into our- <laughs> Oh, no way. But uh, anyway. Now right. yeah, we're right. because. That's right. Uh, folks, starting with lesson eight, uh, the last five or six lessons where we're talking about relationships and the guys have been over this. And uh, they pointed this out to me. It's very, very clear. Uh, lesson eight. And we, by the way, we're on 13 right now. Lesson eight was relationships with those people who distort the gospel and try to tell you that you don't know what the gospel is and they're the right and they know everything correct. So we go to lesson number nine, uh, and this is where uh, Paul tells the Corinthians to set their hearts and minds on heavenly things above and put to death their fleshly nature, which was he named sexual immorality, impurity, lust, greed, idolatry. Uh, he says, especially if you, if you let sexual impurity lust and greed fill your mind it will work as idolatry for you it will turn your mind that direction and then lesson 10 how to relate up to our new selves instead of our old selves Paul tells us how further to put to death all those things that that controlled our minds before we came to Christ he said put on your new self clothe yourself in righteous virtues in other words shove out push out of your mind uh, unrighteous uh, virtues and put compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience uh, in your mind. Keep that in your mind as you walk and uh, forgive each other. Do not hold grudges. Then lesson 11, which we uh, which we really thought we were going to get into real big. We had a lady, the doctor, what was her last name? Templeton. Templeton. Dr. Templeton. Dr. Templeton. Dr. Templeton. We was were massively outnumbered by one woman. I just <laughs> want to throw that out there. Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Lesson 11 was all about uh, our relationship with our families. The wives, submit yourself, submit to your husbands. Husbands, love your wives. Children, obey your parents and such. So this is all about relationships. And then finally, 12 was the importance of prayer. Paul talked about that very extensively. He says, folks, commit yourselves to prayer. Be watchful and mindful while you are praying. Pray for your friends. Pray for yourselves. Uh, take this very seriously when you pray. And then finally, today's lesson. Now, to me, lesson 12 was the end of the lessons. To me, lesson 12 was the last of his advice to everybody. And as the guys have said so far, lesson 13 is a list of names which Paul throws out. Now, Steve and Robert Robert have presented a... uh, these in, in, in relation to up to other scriptures, other stories we've read, which is a great idea in regards to David. Uh, now, the author, folks, in this lesson says, he says, 
when you read this lesson, keep this in mind. My, my direction to you is a, the question to explore is who has contributed to my growth as a Christ follower and my service to God? And right before the lesson, right before we started the podcast, I told, well, you know what? Everybody has contributed to my life in Christ bad or good, whether they're non-Christians or Christians, and, and I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit more uh, when we talk about the lesson, but it's a good lesson, and Bill gets to read a lot of names for us when he reads this. Well, and I'm going to go ahead and apologize right up front for the way I'm going to slaughter the names, but you know, a thing about this, and I think that every man out there has had a brush with death where they've seen the movie of their life, and to me, this is what he's running through. These names are kind of like the credits <laughs> for whatever whatever you see in his life. What you, every whatever you see about Paul, it's it's almost as if these are the credits. These are the people that are going to carry on because so I'm kind of seeing. This is the end of the movie now. This is this is this is the end of the movie. <laughs> so anyway, that okay. that that's kind of my take right, on that. And with that. Uh, this is Colossians 4, 7 through 18. Tychicus will tell you all the news about me. He is a dear brother, a faithful minister, and fellow servant in the Lord. I am sending him to you for the express purpose that you may know about our circumstances and that he may encourage your heart. He is coming with Onimus, our faithful and dear brother, who is one of you. They will tell you everything that is happening here. My fellow prisoner, Artarchus, sends you his greeting, as does Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. You have received instructions about him. If he comes to you, welcome him. Jesus, who is called Justice, also sends his greetings. These are the only Jews among my fellow workers in the kingdom of God, and they have proved a comfort to me. Epaphras, who is one of you and is a servant of Christ Jesus, sends greetings. He is always wrestling in prayer for you, that you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. I vouch for him that he is working hard for you and for those at Laodicea and Heropolis. Our dear friend Luke, the doctor, and Demas send greetings. Give my greetings to the brothers at Laodicea and to Nympha and the church in her house. After this letter has been read to you, see that it is also read in the church of Laodiceans and that you in turn read the letter from Laodicea. Tell Archippus, see that, it, that you complete the work you have received in the Lord. I, Paul, write this greeting in my own hand. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. I think if I read those names a couple hundred more times, I'd get them. Well, you nailed Mark, Paul, Barnabas, and Jesus. You had those spot on, dude. Yeah. That's right. The rest need a little work. You got... there's a couple of interesting things here. First, first of all, I like kind of go back to the mighty men idea. The mighty men, of course, in David were all warriors. This kind of has a New Testament spin. These are all servants, or in a way, they're serving right. and building churches. But another thing that's interesting, um, Paul knew two of the gospel writers. 
uh, but we're going to get. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll leave a little leave a little leeway here because the authorship of Mark is not completely authenticated to to Mark in this. Luke is much Luke. The case for Luke having written his Gospels is much stronger. But we'll we'll take it for a minute that he knew two of the gospel writers here, which is it is is pretty impressive and important also because you often hear people say, oh, well, Paul wrote his letters completely independently of the gospels. Uh, and since this is AD 60, we think that Mark's gospel is already written. It might have been written around 55. Yep. Um, so for all I know, Paul has read it or seen it or, in, or, or heard about it and uh, I think maybe he proved it. Yes, he may have proved it. I know, or certainly, well, it's, yeah. it's or, or, or I'll go ahead and go to the controversy that Paul was familiar with the stories of what is sometimes referred to as the Q document, which was uh, the, a the, the initial a, document, which is a potential source for um, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there are a couple of theories written about that. Right. So, oh yeah, no, these are all contemporary, though. Um, to go to your point, that, yeah. So that, that <laughs> right. but so, and and it's, and I'm, you, you might, be, I'm not sure exactly sure where Mark's, where where Luke's gospel is dated, uh, sixty-five to sixty-five. So, correctly. so he is pr- probably, but anyway, these are this is these are two things that jumped out at me. Um, that so naturally, these men knew the story of Jesus. Uh, Paul, Paul socialized, to use our 21st century, networked with the gospel writers. Uh, he knew them. He, were fr- he's, he, was, he was friends. And, and of course, in, from Acts, we know both, both Luke and Mark traveled with him. Um, he, he makes a comment. You, you brought that up about Luke. Our friend Luke, the doctor, and Demas send greetings. Now, I don't know that this is Luke... Uh, that was the apostle of Jesus Christ. No, well, Luke, Luke, Luke was not. Luke did not know. He was not an apostle like Peter. He he was. He wasn't like Matthew, Mark. No, no, he was a gospel writer. John. But, no, Luke he was. was from my understanding, I'm going to turn to the professor. My understanding was Greek. No, I'm asking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That he was not. He was not among the twelve apostles. Luke. Luke comes in later. Um, he was a Gentile who uh, knew Paul. Was met by mm-hmm. Paul. But was known for writing his gospel. But not only that, but he's the only one with the Christmas story that mm-hmm. we've come to know, and which mm-hmm. indicates that Luke so, actually took the time to go and do the research. <laughs> Luke, Luke's people have come in at Luke's style runs closest to the like the Herodotus t- style yeah, of writing, Greek history, writing, of, of kind of researched and uh, and and of course Luke has all the parables in it. I guess Matthew no, and John. Matthew sense. and John are are were actually traveled with Jesus, yeah. and okay. certainly, certainly, okay. again, the Gospels okay. are, are a tribute. But but it, but but that's not Luke. We we know about Luke and Acts. We know about Mark and Acts. Mark was kind of the baby sure. of the the, sure. the group, and and he might have. I mean, there's there's. There I think he's he kind of. I guess he he and Paul either had a falling out, or Mark didn't want to go somewhere, and that's when. Um, that's when Paul and did, did Mark ended up with Barnabas. Barnabas. Yeah, and, Mark and Barnabas that's when Silas joined Paul, yep. and they right. kind of they kind of went their separate missionary ways. But obviously, there was a, a reconciliation, or at least a a second chance at some point. Yeah, and Mark Mark knew Jesus. Um, there's some speculation that there in the garden, there's a story of a boy that ran away 
there's mm-hmm. some speculation that that boy was marked, was marked. Right. from running away. So very, very all contemporary. Mm-hmm. And and I find it funny because you, you talked about um, the people talking about Paul and writing his own stuff. This is clearly a gospel. He did not, quote-unquote, write himself. He mm-hmm. dictated it to Timothy, probably, mm-hmm. who was writing it for him. And where we can see this is at the end in verse 18 where he says, I, Paul, write this greeting in my own hand. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. And in some translations, he makes a note of, look how large the letters are because at this time he was becoming old. And so his eyesight had kind of started to fail. So he had done this. So a lot of that. But, yeah, this this really did. It brought me all the way back. And, Kyle, this was your suggestion we do this back in the day. Um, April 18th, 2018, podcast 52. I looked it up. I did not remember it. <laughs> uh, I remembered we did it. I just didn't remember which one it was. Um, fighting for your friends. And how we all need friends that we have to fight for. And that men... And, and it goes back to what we talk about for men needing friends. And you have to think back to the list in your life. Who's the list that influenced you as you've gone through? Who are the people that you know? Who are the people that you have done things with over time well one thing that was brought up in our class um, is that as far as influences go it's oftentimes not necessarily the person that is the encourager but it's the person that gives uh, that challenges you someone that is uh, opposing to you that makes you fight harder that that sharpens your iron. It, it, it's that worthy opponent, oftentimes, that that makes you better, uh, and that and and that's what we we brought up as, as opposed with always the person that cheers you on. Does the person that cheer you on necessarily make you any better? No, not necessarily. Oftentimes, you learn more and you become more creative by things that you that are difficult for you that that you stumble with and as we were talking about influences on our own lives you know i I was thinking that you know there's a fair amount of uh positive influence that in my life that i got from negative people well i listed a list of names from my early years which of course was my mother She was a Christian. My dad was not. I think I've mentioned that before that I know of. But uh, I, everywhere we go, you can find Christians, usually, if you open your eyes up. Even in law school, there were some Christians. There were Christian legal society that I was a part of, and they, uh, and they were very influential to me. Um, so I remember in college, I went to University of Texas in Austin, and uh it was part of the Baptist Student Union. That was great. Uh, every, you know, you can find Christians everywhere to influence you for the good and the better if you look for them. And, uh, I've got I've got a question, and, and, and I sure. kind of I hope I know the answer to it, but I'll I'll throw it out anyway. Um, the text, you know, talks about mentors and the idea: oh, you're going to sit sure. down with somebody who's. But how how many like of our influences? were by example as opposed by teaching. Now, I'm sure we've had some pastors and but but how many how many influences 
have been purely by someone who set an example, a, a particularly Christian example. Um, ne- didn't necessarily preach, didn't necessarily talk about the Bible or talk about... It's uh, not until later in life that we talk about the Bible and we're influenced by our counterparts such as you guys with me. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. In your early years and your times when you're really looking for the right path to follow, you look up at people mm-hmm. and you watch what they do and what they say. I, I agree with you, Steve. It's, especially when you're real young. When I was five, six, seven, eight years old and we were in the uh, Bible classes, you looked at your teacher and what they did, it wasn't what they said, it was what they did. And my mother always says, she says, if you love me, show me, don't tell me. And that mm-hmm. stuck in my mind. And the same thing with all the, most of the teachers I had were men teachers in the Baptist church. And uh, yes, I can, in fact, that's what I wrote down, what impressed me about them, because they were sincere. They might not have had a sense of humor with some of my jokes that I pulled in the glass and got in trouble for but they were very sincere, and you could tell when they spoke and when they taught, they taught from their heart. Yeah. And that really impressed me. That stayed with me, because for years I, I went away. I did not uh, really serve the Lord until I was 19 years old. I turned back to try to follow and to serve him. Uh, I, was, I was an army rascal, and uh, they stuck in my mind from the time I was five or six years cool. old. What about you, Kyle? You know, there's... <clears throat> All kind of people, I think, that helped shape us. You know, the the teaching lesson talked about um, for a visual presentation. I brought it in for Sunday. Is you know the the collage concept and the people that are um, in some photos and not others, and the ones that come through your lives and all of that. You know, there was there were several throughout my life that helped. Kind of point me in the right direction, the unsung heroes that, you know, if one individual doesn't seem to remember them, they may fade into the background. Um, you know, for me, it was a, a guy named Brother Ed. He was kind of like a deacon. He was a, a ordained minister in the Catholic Church where I grew up. And, you know, he just always had a smile on his face. He always had a kind touch to him, you know, when he just come up and grab you, you just knew it was him. You know, even if you never had to look, you just knew. And it was just the presence that people like that have and the impression that it made on my life. Um, and I saw that collage, and some of you guys didn't. And think about it is Kyle, when he was younger, looked just like Ben Affleck. Just, I mean, oh, yeah. it was, it was, that's like, where I had hair. I know, I know, that was so funny. Really? Andrew, Andrew and I, we, we go, who's I look like? He goes, I look like Ben Affleck. And with that, we're going to go ahead and take a hard break. This is a Man Up, Man Up podcast number 142. You are listening to the Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. Originating out of Sugarland, Houston, Texas, USA, it's the faith-based man podcast that women enjoy too. Called authentic, timely, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been encouraging and entertaining audiences since 2016 and continues to be one of the fastest growing shows in its segment. Want to book a speaker, show, or post a comment? Go to Man Up on Facebook or our website, www.man-upspiritualoasis.com. And now, back to the No Church Answers Tour and the Fellows of Man Up. This is Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men. 
This is the No Church Answer Tour. We're just a bunch of guys, regular guys, trying to each mentor each other as we go on this faith journey. And we're so glad that you joined us. We are finishing up our study on Colossians. And this particular discussion is we're just talking about Paul's unsung heroes. And it's kind of like after I read the... Uh, read the scripture it's kind of like it was the the credits of the movie and i i kind of get the feeling that paul he's in prison in rome he's obviously up there in age and like the professor said maybe uh he had someone who was uh helping him write this letter so maybe his infirmities were starting to take over as well so and and, and it's amazing that we have and we're here discussing this on Ash Wednesday, kind of thinking about our own mortality and 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 talking about Paul. He he pretty much uh, knew his uh, as well. And and I think that comes through on this. <clears throat> I, I uh, because I was raised on a farm, I think um, just naturally uh, I had a. Uh, a sunny disposition and that's why I didn't mind being around ordinary people because I was around ordinary people uh, basically all the time and so it, I didn't have to be always uh, patted on the back or encouraged because I, I, I had a pretty good idea of what my direction was too but I really uh, the people that kind of encouraged me were the people that were deep that that and, and they wouldn't just come up and say hi how are you and you say fine okay and then just go I mean the shallowness I just it never really got to me but but then certain people that would that would take their time with me and talk and and give give of themselves really really stuck with me and and I think about that uh, with with my own son. He takes time with people, just isn't superficial. I, I think that's a, a a big lesson for us as men to learn. Uh, as we're going uh, through this life and on this faith journey, don't be in such a hurry. Take time. People are important. And you never really know the kind of influence that you're going to have on somebody. Oftentimes, we're influenced by people that we mentor. Prime example, I knew my son was going to be a caring person from the time he was in T-ball when he hit the ball hard and it hit the shortstop and it jumped up and hit the kid in the chin and he just stood there and cried. And as my son was rounding second base, he stopped and gave him a hug. <laughs> you know, I mean, he was five when he did that that was just natural and that actually even kind of mentored me and I think as men we have to if we take the time not only do we mentor other people people that we mentor bless us and I think that's that's part of what we can take away from this lesson and and I think it's it's that but it's like you said, it, it, it does indicate Paul took time with all these people. And, right. and that's a really, I think that's a really great lesson for us as men. 
because as, we're, as we are out there leading and being a part, you want to take the time to get to know people, not, you know, superficially, but get to really know some people. I mean, you're going to have your superficial connections and people you talk to, but you really want to take time to get to know people and know what they are. That's part of our ministry, and that's part of what we're called to do as Christians, is get to really know people as we're moving on. I think that's huge as far as our ministry goes. If you put it in a perspective like I think you said, Robert, earlier, and maybe Steve, if you look at the prior lesson to where Paul states, uh, you know, continuing prayer, not only that, but consecration itself in prayer, he says in a very strong manner, I, I think it goes with the lesson we're looking at today. Remember all those people. He says, devote yourselves to prayer. Be watchful and thankful. I think it goes along with this list of the people that have influenced their lives at the end. Be watchful and thankful of those people that he lists out and those who have affected your life so strongly. And um, he says, especially for those who have, have helped me while I was in chains. And I think uh, until you accept Christ as Savior, you're in chains, but you may not realize it. And I think you're freed from your chains whenever you actually find a direction with Christ. He gives you freedom. He's, and, and of course, you know the famous scripture, the truth shall set, you, shall set you free. So Paul didn't ever think of himself as being in chains. He thought of himself as being free in Christ. And he, uh, he stated that a number of times. Not that he was free, but rather that he was there because he chose to be. It was his choice. He was free to choose, and he chose to preach the gospel no matter what it cost him. Excellent. Steve? One of the other names in here uh, is Onesimus. 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 And I think last week I I conflated Philemon and uh, Onesimus. Onesimus is the slave who ran away, and uh, from, from the text... Uh, it looks like Paul, who is dispatching this letter to the Colossians, is also dispatching a letter to his friend or the church member Philemon, mm-hmm. which is also in. You'll also find it in the New Testament, and and it's essentially, uh, Onesimus is the slave who ran away, and Philemon was his master. Philemon was a member of the Colossian church, and. Um, and I was looking back. We did. We may have done a podcast on this way back on the day, uh, but the idea of um, Paul essentially doing doing something very Christ-like here. Um, he he urges Onesimus, who is in Roman society a piece of property. He uh, and and we don't know exactly when Onesimus. Came to Christ, whether it came he came there while spending time with Paul, or if he actually participated or was around the church with his master Philemon. Nonetheless, Onesimus apparently knew enough to come to Paul in Rome and found him, sought him out. Paul Paul urges Philemon to forgive Onesimus. Paul, in a very in a, in a thing that parallels you know the ransom that Christ paid for us, offers to compensate Philemon for whatever losses were due to the fact that for how many months he, he didn't have his slave, 
But he urges Philemon to take Onesimus back as a brother. And that's really to, to basically eliminate this barrier of slave and and master and, 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 and urges Philemon to take Onesimus back as a brother in Christ. Now we don't exactly know what happens, but it's a very it's a very pointed letter and uh, again it, it falls in line with much of what Paul has here written for the, for, for the Colossian church as a whole. Uh, so, and, and you look at the tale, and you know, a lot of people ask, where do you find all this stuff about Paul? How do you know this? How do you know this? Well, this is where a lot of it is. I mean, sometimes it's one sentence, but here we find out Luke is a doctor. Here we find other, other parallels, other things. We've, we also found apparently there was a letter to the Laodicean church that does not survive because he says, read the letter, <laughs> read the letter to the Laodiceans to the Colossians and read the Colossians letter to the Laodiceans. <laughs> And of course, the Laodiceans do show up in the in the early part, in the first few chapters of Revelations, as being the lukewarm church, uh, running neither hot nor cold. And so, uh, this, this is you can you can see how the narrative of of the Bible comes together, and how uh, how these letters overlap, and how these uh, how and how consistent they they are. Um, well, as we get down to the end of, uh, of this particular podcast, and, and actually this whole section of, uh, of the Colossians, going to go around and uh, get final thoughts, not only on this particular lesson, but, uh, but on this whole study of, uh, of Colossians. And start out with uh, our uh, group historian, the judge. Okay, so I'll read the history again. <laughs> no, your okay. your okay. history. No, it's, it's the names. <laughs> folks. I don't know if you have followed us a long time. If you follow us a long time, uh, once in a while we'll say this one was um, a little difficult to understand. And I, we made a comment on this, and I will tell you from my my part, uh, the letter of the Colossians has been a little bit more in depth or more general. We had to look into it and dig into it. To present it to you and to present it to ourselves and relate to ourselves, just like this last lesson. Where are you going to go with the list of names? I mean, right. really. And, and we taught about it, and right now we beat it a little bit. <laughs> we right. presented to you what we think how it applies to our lives, and uh, I, I think the Colossian, the Colossians, the book of Colossians was good because we dug and right. we talked, and each of us had a different idea of where we're supposed to go with it. So I have enjoyed it, uh, and this has reminded me, even though it's, it's the, the scriptures itself just lists the names of Paul, and by the way, the, the author calls these Pauls on some heroes, but yet he's singing them. I mean, he's telling you what their names <laughs> right. are. And right. the, the author says unsung heroes. I tell you, it did make me reflect back from the time I, I can remember attending Sunday school in the church from four or five years old, on up to now, and it was a, and it creates very, very good memories. So that's the way Excellent. I'd like to end up with it. Deacon Kyle, you know, as a user of references, Paul's running out his credits here. Um, it reminds me that we can't do it alone. You know, these are all yeah, people right. that helped and assisted and opened churches and brought his words and his, his encouragement to. The various placements and his admonishments and his, uh, you know, everything else he did uh, in his letters. 
Um, but we need people to surround us and help in this ministry. That is a good point. Yeah. Mr. Steve. Well, I teased it earlier. In addition, um, there, in addition to the to the to the many he, he shouts out here at the end, he does give Nympha, who's a woman, a, a call out here. Uh, there's there a, a, a friend of my wife. She's a friend of both of us. Um, uh, we were talking about Paul, and she said, "Well, you know, when I get to the pearly gates." Paul and I, well, we're going to sit down and have a talk. Really? <laughs> and um, about, well, you see, that we, we hear often um, from, from, from some Christians and some others that Paul was misogynist. Uh, that, and, you know, they point to verses <coughs> where, you know, he's a women shouldn't teach. Women should, I mean, I mean, whole, I'm sorry to say the Baptist church, there's still many Baptist churches out there who will not let women take the pulpit because, well, Paul said they shouldn't stand up and teach in church. Fortunately, Sugarland Baptist is not one of them. Uh, and there are many other churches. I've, I've been in many of churches where there are women ministers. Uh, and... Uh, so, so yes, and then of course you have the you have the say, uh, women who are you know don't gossip and all of that. But clearly, throughout, despite despite sometimes throwing advice out, clearly, uh, women have played an important part as much as the men have in establishing churches and building churches. And um, I know I'm not going to name them all, but there's there are in addition to uh, Nympha, there are at least. 13 other names uh, throughout Paul's letters. Uh, Phoebe, Priscilla, and Aquila are, are among the well-known, but plenty who, who he regarded as, as extremely important. So obviously, uh, we've got to remember as men, we don't own the church. And it really isn't a patriarchy. I'll say that both to Christians and I'll say that to non-Christians who believe that somehow men have run the church since day one. If you read the Bible, you find that is not true. So I'll end on that, and, I'll, and you know maybe we will debate Paul, uh, Paul's stance toward women another day, but clearly they are uh, uh, among the people he has uh, pointed to on occasion as important to the church and important to his work. So we're talking mighty men and, and mighty, mighty, wife, mighty women. Mighty women. Yeah. About so, there you go. Uh, professor. Yeah, I'm going to just, uh, two, two quotes from our um, Ash Wednesday service. The first is actually by Augustine of Hippo from Confessions. Mm -hmm. Oh, Lord my God, tell me what you are to me. Say to my soul, I am your salvation. Say it so that I can hear it. My heart is listening, Lord. Open the ears of my heart and say to my soul, I am your salvation. Let me run toward this voice and seize hold of you. Do not hide your face from me. Let me die so that I may see it. For not to see it would be death to me indeed. And then kind of an adaption of Psalm 90. Teach us to number our days carefully so that we may develop wisdom in our hearts. Satisfy us in the morning with your faithful love so that we may shout with joy and be glad all our days. We're entering the season of Lent. Today's Ash Wednesday. Take some time to remember those who mentored you, to tie it back, 
and make a point to mentor someone and remember over the next 40 days as we're thinking through getting ready for Easter what this is really all about and what it all means. So that's my challenge out to the guides. Excellent. We're so glad that you joined us. This is Man Up Spiritual Voice for Men. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys. I want to encourage each and every one of you, uh, if you're ever in the Houston or Sugarland area, come out and join us. We're at Sugarland Baptist Church. <clears throat> but also get involved in a local Bible-based church. Why local? So you'll go. Invite you to go and participate. And weekly, come and find us. We're on iHeartRadio. We're on iTunes. All of our podcasts are archived on SoundCloud. We have a Facebook page at Man-Up. And we have a website at Man-UpSpiritualOasis.com. And encourage each and every one of you to go get involved in a small group setting, Adult Bible Fellowship or Sunday School and find one that will minister to men. And if there isn't one, start one. This is Man Up. You've been listening to Man Up. You want anything. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.